0: Hello and welcome to The Comedian's Paradise. This is a podcast where we speak to fascinating and top dog individuals from across the globe. they are fascinating stories that will amaze us, fascinate us and shock us. Now today's guest is all the way from Mexico. His name is Martin Leon. He has a beautiful name and he's storming audiences all the way in Mexico. And he is gonna tell us about the Mexico comedy scene and he's going to help help a, an individual like me, who all he knows about Mexico is Queen of the South. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going to do. Please welcome Martin.
1: Hey, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Marvin. It's it's Marvin, right? Like, because also I want to get your name
0: right. <laughs> yes, yes, it's Marvin. You know, like, like, what what kind of oh, Marvin right. goes to your mind? Right, yeah. Marvin. <laughs> I like you. Yeah. <laughs> do, do I do I, I, I did some comedy in New York, and before I was like the act that went after me said, "Oh my God, we have an Asian Hugh <laughs> Grant." Do I come across as I don't know. A lot of some a lot of people say that I sound posh. Others just say I sound London.
1: I have no idea what accents, to be honest. Like, I know there's an American and a British accent. That's all I know. Uh, Like, I remember, because I had one time I met, like, this girl who was from Manchester this other girl who was from London. And, like, for me, they just, like, yeah, they're just British. It's fine. <laughs> but you do sound posh. But I that just be, might be me thinking, yeah, all English accents sound posh. You do sound posh. Oh, okay.
0: But well, if you go to certain parts of London, it'll be slightly different. Like I'll, I'll show you a quick little clip and I want to see what you say. <laughs> uh, so the, we're going to watch this. We're going to watch. Um, uh, so this is a scene um they're, they're meeting two friends. Uh, this is a rough part of London. No, no, I'm not going nowhere. I just want to you. No, to me, you don't have to go. Excuse me, but these are our friends, and I'm not trying to be rude. But We're not interested, so if anyone's got to go, it's you guys. Why is it always the dead team to start talking? <laughs> so don't talk to my friend like that. Or what? Are you on your phone now? What? Do to wet you up? I don't scared you. Do you know
1: who I am? Yeah, you're Pek-Pek-a-man it? innit? What? Well, he's not from around here, so we, we don't know him. Where are you from? I'm from Bedford. Up, boy, yeah? Nah, I'm not a girl
0: boy, I'm just living in Bedford. Wet my man off the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm say it. Tude, run! Hey, you're me my boy, we Hey, are you my man? Hey, don't let me wet you off the plan, oh, no, do it. Chill, 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 no, Nah, 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 i I wet this little prick up first, then I wet up this little it's horse, up, Then I wet this Mickey Mouse-a-bitch, like dumb? Do you not know that switch is the little button? <laughs> so the, it, it's 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 it, you you may you may, may you may have a bit of that and certain place it <laughs> and place it. But <laughs> compared to where you are. Well, oh, I can't hear you. What happened? you hear me now yeah i can hear you now yeah what, what, okay so what, what, what did you think of all that i mean that, that's probably big squeak
1: <laughs> yeah there's yeah with the speed where they're talking and then sometimes yeah like it's like sometimes when i'm watching comedy on netflix or somewhere and you know there's like an irish accent or something or like a very like like just very uh like i don't know like they talk talking super fast and everything i'm like like, I'll be watching, and you know, with a friend, and my friend's like, What did they say? And I'm like, I have no idea.
0: Just, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a mix of everything in London. Sometimes I, I may as well, especially in Central, it was, may as well just be a melting pot of everything. Yes. <laughs> it's. And it's...
1: That's kind of a like a cool thing like i like one of the really really cool things about uh doing english comedy right now in mexico is we get people from all over so we had a go from india we have of course a lot of like americans from all over so there will be like or canadians and you know uh several, several places in europe um have a guy from singapore who's been doing comedy here for a little while so it's really, really cool the, the the variety of people you get to meet. And also like Mexico City is a large city so you have also like this melting pot of, you know, lots of people.
0: Yeah. yeah. We should, we should call the English scene in Mexico City and London as a whole the world. The world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Yes, yes, let's do it. We can add New York into the mix.
0: Of course. But New York has a mix of a lot of different things but I think In terms of the mix, it's probably Asian, Puerto Rican, uh, Cuban, uh, and Black, and all that. And that's right, African and African Caribbean. Whilst in LA, it's probably more Mexican, African, Caribbean, Asian.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mexicans that took over LA a while ago. And yeah, and it's, 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 and it's also happening a little bit, like, all over. Like, I went, my sister lives in Texas. And, of course, like, you know, right next to the border. But it wasn't until recently that Spanish comedy nights started happening. And so it's, like, both ways. So it's, like, mostly, like, Spanish-speaking comedians trying English comedy. And mostly English-speaking comedians trying Spanish comedy. So it's, uh, uh, it's really fun. And then, like, that's another cool thing about here in Mexico is, like, some people have been living here for a while. Maybe don't they speak Spanish, but not, like not you know they don't like they don't have like perfect commandeer of language, and then they're like, but you know what I would like to try some Spanish jokes, and you know they go to open mics and everything. So that's that's a lot of fun. It's like really interesting also to see, ah, uh, of course you know their perspective as uh, foreigners living here or having lived here for a while, uh, what they say and what they notice about uh, Mexicans.
0: What so, what what's it what's it um would you notice any difference in terms of like the way you deliver a joke in Spanish and English? And would you say that yeah. What what's what's the difference in times of I noticed with uh, what's his face again? The guy that speaks a lot in French. Papas not papa CJ, sugar sammy. When he talks okay. about the English comedy, it's the fastest language to get to the punchline. Whilst it's French, it would take maybe a little bit longer to get the punchline.
1: Yeah, that's basically the same thing. Uh, It's English. You can be way more concise, I think. Spanish tends to be wordier. Uh, And and just in general, I think Mexicans like to add a lot of words into jokes. Uh, One of the one like very old comedian well not very old actually uh he passed away but one, like one of the first comedians first big comedians we had like in on screen was called cantinflas and cantinflas would always like just a little bit like uh you know in finding nemo the part where uh marlin starts selling a joke and he just stretches it and stretches it uh he would like in fact we do have the the verb cantinflear which is just you're just talking and talking and repeating the same point over and over again. And, and people love that. Uh, So yeah, it is wordier, uh, but also audiences sometimes will enjoy a wordier joke versus English where they're like, kind of, you, you kind of have to be more concise with your writing. Uh, I mean, of course some things like some comedians do manage to like do wordier jokes in English, but yeah, that's, I think um, in the, in the purest, way that's one way in which they differ the other thing here in mexico is in mexico everything is a double entendre uh like everything has a sexual connotation like uh (laughs) they call it albur uh and it is like it's even a a verb and that means like like no matter what you say someone will take it sexually and you know everyone will you know uh uh, take the piss out of you as i say so you Mm -hmm. can't you can't say like i want a banana with someone like oh do you want a large banana you know it's (laughs) everything uh so that happens a lot too so uh wordplay in that way uh mexicans love it you know and you oh. know even you know this one was pretty obvious but like even uh subtler ones uh they 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 love it and you know some and sometimes it catches like foreigners uh uh off, off guard because they they don't expect so much all of the time and like you know you know you go to the mercado you're buying something and the guy who's selling you it's he's doing this to you and you're like, why? What's happening right now? You're 12 years old, stop. Um, so yeah, that's. I think those are the main differences.
0: And you mentioned like before on the podcast, you have quite a unique upbringing, like you're, you spent a lot of times in sort of Amer- English speaking schools and you spent a bit of time in uh, America. Is that, has that shaped your humour in in a different way? and has it would you have would you have started had you not do you think it shaped? do you think it shaped how you do comedy and do you think it's it your background has probably led you to doing comedy today
1: yeah totally the thing is like my family my family has always liked comedy they're like both like english stand-up comedy and um and spanish like like what we had before, we didn't call it stand-up comedy. They call it cuentachistes, which was more like comedians who would take street jokes and just, you know, again, stretch them and make them, like, add like, a lot of, add personal, like, jokes and experience to them. Uh, and I remember when I was very little, we would drive from, I, we were living in Guadalajara, which is, like, central um, west Mexico and we would visit my family in Monterrey, which is north mexico and we would be driving there uh every summer and every winter and it was like an eight to ten hour drive so we have like you know old cassette tapes and my dad would buy comedy tapes you know uh both english and spanish and that was part of what what i was listening to and i I, like i I would watch some stand-up comedy and listen to some stand-up comedy like i didn't like know to call it stand-up comedy but like We would listen to a lot of jokes and, you know, I like in my family, we were always, you know, make jokes to each other. Uh, We're very sarcastic around each other. We're, You know, um, whenever the family got together, it was always, always people trying to one up each other with jokes. And my parents really wanted me to have like really good English. So this uh, I actually went to this school in, in Guadalajara, which was actually for the children of missionaries coming to Mexico, American missionaries. So it was a Christian Protestant school and like most of my classmates were American. So I would, spend half my day around them. And, and like when I come home, when I came home, I would usually watch like cable television. So I watch friends and the nanny and like sitcoms like that. And yeah, like the, there's this is word they use nowadays. It's not a new word. They use it more now nowadays, but they call it white secan, meaning kind of like a white Mexican and I'm not white or white passing for that matter. But uh, but it basically also means someone who is trying a little too hard to just be more American and consume an American things. And, you know, uh, and in a way, you know, I, I say I was raised wise because like I always had like English music and uh, telenovelas were banned in my house because my mom said they were awful for you and did nothing for you. So we couldn't watch telenovelas. Uh, so I, I like most of my reference growing up were American. And a little like a, also a couple of like uh non-American, like both Australian and, and, and British, but um but when I started doing stand-up, uh which was like I didn't even know there was stand-up in here, here in Mexico at the time, I thought like, well, I guess stand-up only uh exists in English. So I was here in Mexico thinking, well, maybe I could go to a hostel and try to see if they have like a stage I could borrow and I could just, you know, annoy the nice people at the hostel for a couple of minutes. Uh, and that's when I met uh, the few people that were doing stand-up comedy here at the time. and and yeah, like my humor has always been um, a little bit snappier, a little bit more sarcastic. Uh, and a lot of my jokes do translate because I kind of, when I started doing stand-up, I kind of started writing jokes in English. Uh, so I would write the joke in English and then bring it bring it to Spanish, and that isn't that common for other Mexican comedians who write in Spanish and do the whole wordplay uh-huh. in Spanish, so when they go to English, uh, it doesn't work anymore, and now I do kind of like my wrote, my writing I think would be 60-40, 60 English, 40 Spanish, uh, but like yeah, at first it was more like I was trying to emulate, and especially after I lived in Connecticut for two years, Connecticut U.S., and I had access to Comedy Central and I fell in love with just stand up comedians and I was watching as much as I could um uh, that very much influenced the way I I I wrote down jokes cuz I really didn't ever take a comedy class I just thought well you know I I like stand up comedy and I and people think that I'm funny when I'm talking so I really just started trying to emulate what I was watching and and yeah, that kind of made my humor, like I, what I see here in Mexico is a lot of references to Mexican television, especially old Mexican television, which I wasn't allowed to watch. It's not, I wasn't allowed, like, you know, like you will never, it's just like my my parents just told me like, it's awful, don't watch it. And I'm like, okay, fine, it's awful, I won't watch it. So they have a lot of references that sometimes I don't get where, uh, so my references, and not really references, but the way I write jokes were, was more like, comedy and more, you know, American stand of like, and that has, and like, I was never really, you know, thinking about, about how I do, how I write or how I do comedy. Now I'm trying to sort of uh navel gaze a little while in my material and, and think about like why I do the jokes, I do and how I do them, um, but, but yeah, of course it has um it has affected the way I do comedy. And it, it was also affected the way I relate to people because, um, like, my references are, you know, all of these American shows. So when I'm talking to people, uh, it, it's mostly about that. And then when they start talking about, like, more Mexican stuff, I'm like, oh, I didn't watch that. <laughs> oh. And,
0: okay. And when you sort of got started in, so you started comedy in Mexican, right? Um, yeah. How how does the Mexican scene start? Is it, is it is it is it like the like London and New York and LA where they have open mics and middle spots and features and then headliners stuff like that? And yeah, yeah. I clubs. mean,
1: it's it's recent. Like I I started doing comedy twelve to thirteen years ago, and and what happened? Um, basically, we already have like comedians like uh, like uh, you know stage comedians and they, now they call them cuentachistas uh but yeah there was this thing like a lot of people like me were like I want to do this comedy that's more like uh the, the comedy I see uh coming from the U.S. and and other places and so now back when I started there literally was nothing like there was this one place in like not really downtown Mexico City but like one of the more gentrified areas of Mexico City um and what's what happened? It was it was several things, but what happened was there's this uh big name in, in like Mexican TV uh, called Hector Suárez Gomez, who went to the States and saw a full comedy show and was like, I want to do that, but in Spanish. So he took some courses in the U.S. and he came back and he started doing comedy at this small venue, and slowly he got more of a following, and slowly he like grew into uh. Like the biggest comedian, uh, stand-up comedian at the time in Mexico, and so he wanted to get more people to do it. So he started. So he like started. He he and his producer, uh, began this thing called like a stand-up comedy festival. And the idea was like the best people from this festival would be able to have like a class with him and be workshop by him and go and be his openers. Because by this point he had a show at a five hundred seat theater. I think called uh, his show was called. El pelón en los tiempos de cholera, which is a play on uh, love in the times of cholera. Um, <laughs> so, and so, um, I, I, like, parallel to that, there were other people already trying to do stand up. And there was this group called Los Ex which was, uh, which has several people who are still doing comedy today. Uh, Gus Proal, uh, Hector Garcia, uh, Adriana. Um, uh, Oh my God, <laughs> Adriana Chavez, uh, and uh, others whose name escapes me now. I'm so sorry. And it was really hard because people expected more of the street joke and expected more of this not so personal. Because like as a as a standup comedian to go on and be like, well, this is what's happening to me and this is what this is funny. People were like, why are you telling me this? Tell me a joke about a drunk guy that comes home and says something funny to his to his wife. You know, <laughs> uh. So people were just like, Sarah, you like why? And at that point, I was like, like literally what happened was like, I was thinking I wanted to stand up comedy. I don't know where. And then this friend of mine was like, hey, I have a date with this guy and I don't want to. So just come with me and we'll, you know, uh, you'll tell him, oh, no, we have to go and we'll go. And so I went to this date with to, with my friend to this date. And my, my friend was like, I have to go to the bathroom. So she went to the bathroom and I was just left with this guy. And I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Juan Carlos Escalante, and Juan Carlos Escalante was one of the first people to do stand up here, here in Mexico. Uh. And I was like, so what do you do? And he's like, I do comedy. I'm like, what kind of comedy? I'm like, stand up comedy. I'm like, where? And so he got me in contact with the with this producer guy, and I I did my first my first five minutes at this comedy festival, and I wasn't one of the winners, but the producer liked me, so he was like, you you can be part, not officially part of the people that, you know, take the course and, and have like the workshop and, you know, open shows for Hector Suarez, but you can be part of this. And so that was then. Now we do have open mics. and I think we do have open mics in Mexico City the whole week, but I think we have at most one each night. And uh, so there's not that many uh it is like a growing scene and we do have like the thing where like uh smaller open mics are trying to happen but of course all the comedians want to go to the big mic and mexico city is a, is a re- really large city so depending on where you are you might not have that many people around you uh interested in doing comedy or watching comedy uh people are still a little bit uh kind of confused by us on stage uh of course you know your mileage might vary but in some places, yeah, they're kind of like looking at you like, why is this happening? On the other hand, like, there's ways there's way more stand-up uh comedy that on YouTube like Spanish. Franco Camilla is a big, big name now. So a lot more people understand what's going on. Uh and yeah, some people will, will say that what Franco Escamilla does is like a mixture of the old type of comedy and like stand-up comedy. Uh but and it is uh no, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh yeah it's it's, it's growing and it's, but still there's like a very few venues that are like only standup venues. And even those, uh, they, you know, the, the pool of comedians, they pull, they pull from, I, I mean, we do, we do have like a lot of comedians here in Mexico city right now, or a lot of people trying to do comedy, I should say. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, that was shady. But anywho, uh but yeah, like it's right now like the biggest places here in Mexico City are Woco, uh, which was like the first place that really like decided to uh give us a space to do comedy in. Uh 139, which was a space open specifically for comedy, Photo Shakespeare, which is like this place uh, that has several like uh stages. And at first they're like, no, we're not gonna do stand-up comedy because that's you know that's not art. But now, like, at least every night they have like at least one comedy show. Uh, and slowly, ever so slowly, we have like more people and more, especially more people wanting to uh give us stage time and not only you know do comedy. Hmm.
0: It's whoa, that's quite a, is, is it so? I know nothing about Mexico, as you could tell from everything I've said, but, <laughs> um. I have a friend who's a comedian who's from Zimbabwe he moved to South Africa but now he's in America but he told me when he was in South Africa in certain places like the townships in Soweto in Johannesburg like if you bomb on stage you may die twice so is what what's the limit can I ask this question What's the limitations sure. in terms of like what you can say or can't say in Mexico? Is the quite a, is it quite censored?
1: I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think so. Um you know, on the other hand, like if you're in Tijuana and someone tells you there's an article in the audience, maybe don't pick on them. Uh but <laughs> no, uh I think Mexican audience have, you know, when I started uh, especially as as a gay comedian, but which 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 I am, it's like I was a little bit hesitant to be like very you know very open about it, and you know there were some spaces where little people told me maybe you should maybe you should, you should ta- tone down some jokes here, but I think Mexicans uh since we really like you know making fun of each other as long as you're not uh putting them down in a way that's like super aggressive uh they're not gonna take it personal okay. and even like in a table like 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 if you have a table and you pick on one guy and that guy takes it personally like the rest of the table will be like what dude like what, what what are you doing um so i i i i think the most sensitive topic would be around religion because we are a very catholic country but at the same time like most people make fun of religion anyway like even like uh like you you have like the grandmas and like the very you know conservative fathers like how dare you say that but like even like in before us before stand set up comedy like in in comedy shows and in uh in television and stuff like that they would like make fun of god and make fun of like virgin mary so um i do think like mexican audiences are far more permissive uh yeah. Maybe some areas, there are some states that are way more conservative, uh, especially around uh, around Mexico City. Um, I went to this place not too far from here, uh, Tlaxcala. We did, my uh, Adriana Chavez, who was like the first uh, lesbian to do, stand- to do stand-up comedy here in Mexico, and me, I'm not the first gay guy to do stand-up comedy, but I'm a, one of the first to like, you know, really get into it, and... And we went to this little bar in Tlaxcala, and most people were like super cool. Like, they were, you know, they like, maybe they looked at us like, oh my God, a gay person, wow. But, uh, but they were, but they weren't like, you know, they weren't aggressive, they weren't like defensive. There was this one guy who, again, uh, kind of like started, uh, like, and he was drunk, so he we was getting a little bit belligerent. Uh, and he tried to, like, um, you know, he was trying to, like, uh, you know, c- kind of have like a, this conversation with me from stage. I'm like, no. And uh, forget what I told him, but he got like a little bit offended, and they had to bring him out of, the, take him out of the show. Uh, so d- that does happen, but for the most part, I think uh, everything is game again as long as you make it funny, which I think the 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 um, the important part. Sometimes people say like, "Oh, you can't talk about this," and then I ask them, "Well, what happened?" And then like, tell me what they said. I'm like, "Well, you know, you like it's one thing about like." crowd work and be kind of like you know making fun of someone while at the same time having the show go go on and it's something completely different to just you know shit on someone from stage mm-hmm. and expect them to be like cool with it you know which which i do think sometimes does happen with like newer comedians because there's some comedians who do who are great at crowd work and they want to emulate them but it's way different for you to be like i'm gonna watch this comedian and i know he's great at crowd work so at one point he might call me like you're ugly but, but like make it funny rather than just, you know, be at an open mic, uh, which you were dragged to by one of your friends, and this guy who hasn't even said one joke goes like, well, uh, ugly people have horrible lives, as you would know, and just point at random audience members, Oof. like, you know, people don't even know you. They don't like you. Like, make them laugh once and then try it. But, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know don't uh, don't antagonize from the, from the story. Because, uh, like, for me, especially, like, Mexico, there is a lot of machismo in Mexico, and there is, like, uh, you know, a lot of Mexican men have very fragile masculinities, but um, on the other hand, there's, like, game you can play with them, you know, it, like, but from stage, uh, um, I I I have, like, done, like, play flirting with straight guys, like, in places where people would tell me, don't even tell them you're gay, because, you know, in here, they don't call it hate crime, they call it Thursday, right? So, uh, so just don't. And I was like, you know, I think, I think, if you, if you get them, if you get them on your side, you can do everything because you're just playing with them. And then at the at the end of the night, they might be like, "Hey, here's my number," but you know, that's another different. <laughs> that's another story.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That, that, that's you, you put on the charms. Did you? You, you went? Oh, yes, son. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh no that's that's what's what's been like the maddest or like um like uh craziest funniest experience you've heard about from another comic or like you've witnessed where someone's picked on as you said a narc or something and they've been like what
1: (laughs) well you know we have had people you know like we're you know don't go out they're waiting for you outside uh <laughs> and uh there was uh well um there was this well that wasn't even the comedian that was more like the venue thing uh so uh, uh that was not that that doesn't count but short long story short this woman at a comedy show had her cell phone out and the waiter told her you you can't film the show and she's like i'm not filming but like the witch staff got like angry at them, and she got angry, angry at her, and she got angry at them. And at the end, she happened to be working for the government, so they shut down the bar for some months. But that's <laughs> not the comedian. That's not the comedian. No, I think the wildest thing I've seen was a guy getting thrown like the like the the guy in the in the front row. Uh, the guy just kept on picking at him, and so he just grabbed his beer and just like not the whole thing, like just spilled his beer on the comedian, like, and the guy like jumped so like it didn't get him through, but it was was just like, at some point, like the guy just like got, like it was like enough and threw the beer. And, you know, at that point, you're like, what do we do? Do we, do we, like somebody has some up the floor, what's happening? And, you know, and, and, you know, he was right in the front row. So it's like, again, so what's going to happen now? And of course, we were all just like thinking, I just hope the guy doesn't like go up the stage and try to beat him up uh but not thankfully that didn't happen uh yeah no i have i haven't been witness to like super wild well things so that's but that's the that's the extent of the that i've that i've known so far so okay. far
0: i i'm on a hecras night so occasionally i get the audience to pick on the comics and that it, it's it's a lot of fun i mean i i enjoy it i mean it's a bit too... I'm sorry, but I enjoy it. I I enjoy sometimes seeing comics get uncomfortable and I enjoy sometimes seeing the the comebacks, but it's, it's a very fun thing. I know it makes me sound bad, but I don't care. I enjoy it. (laughs) Um, is how would that go in Mexico if you run a heckler's night or actually, no, you've already told me unless it's the wrong person.
1: We haven't had a proper heckler's night. And to be honest, I am terrified of the idea. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, like, I've had some, you know, I've had some good experiences with Heckler's, I've had some bad experiences, you know, th- of course, like, the thing, when, when you have the comeback right there, uh, you know, it's, you know, everyone applauds, and you feel like it's for the world, but when someone yells something at you, and you're just like, fuck, I need an answer, and you're like, well, you're dumb, and everyone just looks at you like, you lost this one, you lost this one, too bad, uh, but I think I don't know how you do heckling, to be honest. I think I think it it they tried to do one here in once, I think. But like the you know, when they told me what they were gonna do, I wasn't there. But what I'm gonna do is like it was just gonna be like all of the audience just yelling at the comedian. I'm like, that one that's not heckling, that's just you know, a mob against you because you're on stage. So uh I do I do, and you know, also like I've been guilty once or twice at an open mic of someone saying something and me just shooting back, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 kind of said something awful to this person, uh, and now I feel bad about it. Uh, not too bad to be honest, but because some usually, usually it's like that joke was was bad. He's used a better punchline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I, the thing with it, I've never done a heckless night. I don't again, I don't know how you do it, but I am I am a little bit terrified at the thought because like what I I don't know. I, I would feel put on the spot immediately, like I need to answer this person. It's like being told at a party, Oh, you're a comedian, tell us a joke. Like immediately your brain goes like, I got nothing. Like
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I was hosting one of the shows that I run uh yesterday on, on Friday, and one of the audience members said classic heckle when's the comedy on and the heckle put down that i put on was as soon as i saw your face but the thing oh. is that that's not really that good now that i thought about it i thought of like you, you'd maybe analyze who the person is and then you add on top of it always oh, saying oh when's the comedy on well it's at eight o'clock um you've got a bald head so i mean it's it's, it's the comedy starts when your when your hairline came in or something <laughs> but it, it, if you if you if you be specific to the person yeah and like you analyze who they are like their character or their fault and then add into it but yeah i didn't think of that at the time i came at that cheap line
1: yeah
0: but Days yeah. later
1: when you're like after you have cried in the shower why didn't that <laughs> no actually uh one of my favorite uh comedians who's also drag queen is bianca del rio who is a master at reading people as they say in the drag parlance and one of the things she said that i do take to heart it's it's not about the, you have to have several in your pocket already to go so and again you have to have the, like this quick mind where you're like okay um so they, they tell you something and you have to look at them and zone in on something That they have, that they're showing, you know, are they, you know, do do they look more posh? Do they look, uh, are they, are they balding, whatever? And then just go for that. Um, uh, What in my one, 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 one that I did like uh, a couple, a couple months ago at one of our English shows. um, She, uh, one of my like the the comedian before me. There was this guy who was super drunk, and the comedian before me, who was a girl. uh, The guy just kind of kept just saying oh my god you're so pretty what a love like just ruining the show and she's like Sh-, you know and and she didn't know how to handle that so like when I arrived like so, so I got on stage and the first thing uh that the guy told like yells like I'm like hi man he's like when's your friend coming back and I'm like and, and I just looked at him and and I and I told him like never she's not gonna fuck you she has standards <laughs> Yeah, and then immediately so so like laugh and then immediately go like I don't have standards and I even I wouldn't fuck you and that was like it and the rest of the show he was just there (laughs) and you could and his girlfriend was next to him and you could tell the girl was like just stop stop you lost this round like (laughs) you lost (laughs) just stop uh but that was one of my what again when you when you manage to get that like you're like and everyone tells like you did amazing blah blah but when someone like gets better of you, like yeah, like that thing where someone just yells at you, like one of the things, like I, I was bombing in the show, like bombing, you know, like half an hour in stage, and if I hadn't like gotten one laugh too many, I was just bombing. And after the show, there's gonna be like music, you know, salsa music for dancing. So I was like in the middle of a joke, and no one was laughing. And then this old guy back of the room just yells like, "Put the music on," and I was like, I was like. I was like, I need to say something, say anything. And it was like, like you could feel attention tension in the room. And immediately, the one thing, the only thing I said was like, why do you want to dance? You're old and crickets. I got off the stage five minutes after that. I was like, I cannot survive this. Like, This, this audience is over. Like, I, I'm done. Like, I need to change my name, move to a different country. Like,
0: I'm and then afterwards, you forget about it the next day.
1: No, that was like my first real big bombing. Oh. Like I was like, I literally didn't go on stage for two weeks after that. Like I was, I was devastated. I was like, what am I even doing with my life? You know, like
0: Is is that statement true? I don't know who coined this, but I know a lot of comics mention this. They say, if you're not bombing, you're not trying hard enough. I think now what you've said there, Maybe that statement is half true because if you're not taking the big risks, then you're not maybe learning or getting better or you're not pushing yourself. And so you don't yes. find out what works and what doesn't work and you're not growing as a performer. But
1: totally, totally, totally. Like like especially with like trickier subjects, like if you want to tackle anything that's in any way controversial, there are quotes around them, but like uh you don't get to the places the big comedians are without, you know, making a lot of audiences really uncomfortable in the way. Uh, and I guess that's the thing. Like, why are you bombing? Like if you, if your first, you know, you wrote five minutes, no one's laughing. And then the next time you go on with the same five minutes, maybe you're not learning from that. Uh, but yeah, like I I, there's been many times that I've seen a lot of comedians that I, that I admire or that I think are doing a good job uh, do a big swing and do a big miss. Or like or you can tell that they're working on the joke and then they get to the part where they like the joke hasn't really, like, you know, been worked it. And you can tell that they laugh, laugh, laugh. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, uh, I mean, bombing is, is weird because sometimes it is like you haven't really you're working on the material, so, you know, you, you kind of lose the audience. Sometimes the audience is just not with you like that. This one time with this audience, like I, I fully, uh, you know the like you know the, the comedian before me did all, I was I was the quote unquote headliner, and the comedian before me did twenty minutes, and he just killed. Like he 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 he, he did. You know he could have dropped the mic at the end of his set. He killed, and and really the show was over at that point. Like the like I I went on stage. And there's some stuff I would say about that show. Like, um, I think I I didn't start with my strongest material because I wanted to save it for last. But I wasn't really. I was gonna do. I was supposed to do forty minutes. I did thirty, and I did because I got got off the stage. But um, but like I I, like I I thought, okay, I can just do whatever because like I got it. I got it in my head, and you know, like the audience was like, no, I got knocked down off your bags. But yeah, like I think, um. I think sometimes you will tell me, "I want to talk about this, but I'm afraid of what the audience will think." And I'm like, "Well, you need to know what the audience thinks if you're going to talk about that, because it's not about not making the audience uncomfortable. It's about managing that discomfort. It's about making them uncomfortable on purpose." Uh, for example, when I was starting, I had the I wanted to talk about homophobia. And like everyone around me was like, nobody wants to use jokes about homophobia. Nobody wants to be lectured on on, on a show. Uh, and I would start the the jokes, and immediately the the crowd will go cold. And the joke that got me like opened the door for me uh, was uh, like, I would try to sneak it in like, oh my. By the way, let's talk about homophobia. Blah, blah, blah. And but like the joke that actually opened the door for me was like, um, I do want to take it. I said like, I do want to take the time. To talk about homophobia and immediately like the room would go quiet i'm like i'm like i'm sorry if there are any homophobes please here don't get offended as far as i'm concerned you can marry each other it's fine and just that one line made it clear to the audience it's like we're going to talk homophobia, phobia we're still joking we're still fine you know it's it's that's the thing that's that that you have to you have to manage the discomfort and when you can manage the discomfort that's part of uh doing comedy because in the name comedy is creating tension and breaking the tension and the, and and if you're afraid to create that tension then you're ne- it's like how when you're starting you are deathly afraid of any amount of silence in your show like you don't want to be quiet for a second because you know that if you stop talking people will start looking you know, for the waiter or they'll go to the bathroom and as you be- you become more adept in you know keeping the audience attention you know you can stay quiet for certain jokes for the punchlines to really land but again you know you have to um you have to take the leap you have to take the the challenge
0: yeah it's it's yeah it's funny and even like as a promoter and all this and that first impressions are definitely a big thing like if you if it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's bad if they bomb in front of you it's just that when you, have, when you see someone perform on stage and they don't do too well, it's very hard to shake that image of them being yeah. not. And the audience as well, like with the gigs that I run, there's some people that I haven't done well and I've put them on again. They've got that impression of them being shit. So oftentimes, it's been very hard for them to shift it that they're actually de- decent in it. I mean, some, yeah. quite a few have, but I mean, it's, it's often quite a challenging thing.
1: Yeah, totally. Like, uh, first impressions matter a lot. And that's why I think one of the best advice I got from uh, I think the stand up comedy Bible is like you need to the first thing you need to do is your your, your solid five for when you're opening or where you have like a spot, because like I think some people like they start doing comedy and they're like immediately I'm like, you know, I already have the five minutes I wrote in my comedy class. Now I'm going to do my 15. And it's like, no, I actually have like two minutes at most. And now you have to write other 10 so you can have the the final three for those five. But, um, I, like, there's there's comedians I know where, like, now they've been working for a while and they're good and you see them, like, consistently have good shows. But the people that saw them at their first open mic or the people that saw them at that one night where they just bombed are, like, you're like, yeah, no, that guy's bad. It's like, no, no, no he had a bad night. That happens to everyone, you know? And uh, I also think that one of the reasons why, I think that happens here in Mexico is, like, Open mics, people are terrified to bomb at open mics. And I think that's the worst thing that can happen because open mics are there for you to have the, you know, it's it's where you can try new stuff and be like, well, that didn't work, you know, cross it off. Um, but here in Mexico, for some reason, and I think it's because for a while, like the thing we had the most was, uh, was, you know, the weekly open mic. Um, people just really, they, they want to come through open mic and with think, something that already works and people will tell you like, "Oh, so and so was bad," and I'm like, "Where?" And they're like, "At an open mic," and I'm like, "Well, that's what open mics are for. You can't judge someone from their open mic." Uh, yeah. But it is really tough to shake that uh, first impression.
0: And have you? Did you have you had any instance where someone saw you at an open mic and you didn't do as well, but then they saw you at your big thing on the comedy central because <laughs> that would be amazing, yeah. or or a story similar to that. Well, first
1: of all, the the moment you tell a friend or or you 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 get cocky and say to a date like "come to my show, it'll be amazing," that's the day you have one of your worst shows. Like you know, like you tell your friend like "I've been doing Santa comedy for years, come watch me," and you know, like five people show up, no laughs, and they're like, "so you want to do this for a living?" Huh? Um, so <laughs> it's a uh, it, that that has happened, but yeah, no, I had uh, I, I had one person come see me i want like a i i did like a 5 minute feature opening for a guy and i did so bad like i you know one of parts where you even feel bad for the person that invited you you're like they trusted you to warm up the audience and you're just there standing in silence with all these people looking at you like why like the, you can tell they're a little bit angry at the headliner too for booking you like like what did you do like 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 what did you what did you buy for this guy that he's like letting you open the show uh and then like a month later i was doing like a like a showcase and i did like uh 20 minutes at a a bigger at a a bigger show and that went really well and yeah this guy in the in the audience was like i already saw you in this show and i was like oh shit and she's like yeah you you really surprised me tonight you're you're doing good and i'm like (laughs) thank you uh and yeah there's been like a couple of people where they're like uh or you know that thing where they ask you like you, you, you don't do so well. And they're like, so you've been doing this for a while. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been in Comedy Central and they're like, really? And, you know, that's more of a judgment on Comedy Central than a praise story to you. And it's like, it's like, yes, and it was good. Goddammit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bloody. It's, it's bloody um, yeah, it's, it's it's the thing about comedy i always hear from actors they say and i'm going to speak to someone hopefully later on next week because she does acting and she's a comedian so i want to talk about this but whenever i come across an actor or director they always say that comedians are better actors or great actors because they're able to do comedy i'm not too sure about that question i mean i feel that comedians are more willing to be honest about themselves and open up a bit and they, they, I think in some ways maybe comedians are more thicker skin than other performers.
1: I was thinking the same but thing. Maybe that's the surface think, of judgment. No, I was thinking the same thing. And I think as a comedian, especially as a standard comedian, there's nothing between you and the audience. And when you have to really, look, like, you know, half-assed impressions don't work. So if you're going to do an impression, you have to, like, go for it. And everything in standard comedy, I think like that, you can't, you know, like, uh, I see a lot of people that say, like, I want to do you know, like dark comedy and, but I want to start small. I'm like, no, if you want to do it, you have to go for it. And I think, um, I think, I mean, I don't know, it depends on the comedian, I guess, whether they're good actors or not, but I do think that as a comedian, you kind of have to go for it, you know, go for it. So um, while actors, directors might be like feeling out, like maybe this is happening, you know because they're in rehearsals and they're you know discussing the role and whatever as like a comedian like yeah you can like workshop stuff with friends and whatever uh open but and again that's what open myself for but you do kind of have to like you said be really honest and just put yourself out there and you know that that does make for i don't know if is it if it makes for good actors But, you know, it makes for people that are willing to, you know, take a character and put them on stage. Mm.
0: And following on, like, this is a question that you're probably going to, being from Mexico, I know I get this like being mixed race, man, being Asian. Like when my mom and dad were out in a town in just outside of London, I had a white guy shout out when they saw my parents definitely male or the bride <laughs> that 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 annoys wow. me. That, annoyed, that annoys me because like no they bloody met each other because they liked each other and they're normal and it, yeah. it's and being from mexico you must get a lot of stuff and as, as i said all i know about mexico is queen of the south and you must get a lot of people saying a lot of things that are annoying about stuff like that but what are things queen about what are also things about mexico that great about it but no one knows
1: yeah i mean uh the food is great uh i love i mean i love i love mexican food i again i think we are very warm people in fact like a lot of bands and a lot of um a lot of comedians have come and they're like you know they have great times uh you know they say you know we we're we're people who are like welcoming and you know right now with with my co-producer Mariana. We have this little show, you know, in this venue that sits like twenty five people, uh, and we have the English show there. And whenever someone comes and they're like, "Hey, we would like to try to do comedy," we're like, "Yes, of course." You know, like, um, we, we, we really do try to make people feel welcome. Um, I also think, uh, I mean, you, there's the tourist places, you know, Cancun and Puerto Vallarta and whatever and all, all that. But there's like a like all of Mexico has re- really great things, you know. Like it's not like, um, I mean we're you know we we're kind of a big country, so like the customs in the north of Mexico and the food in the north of Mexico is completely different from the central Mexico, which is completely different to South Mexico, and everywhere I think there's really cool things uh to experience outside the more touristy things, uh people who like hiking, especially uh, say that Mexico is great for that. I don't like hiking, so I wouldn't know that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, and again, I think the sense of humor is there, you know, like, yeah, I think it does get kind of hard at first to realize that making, just because someone is um, making fun of something with you or even like something of you it doesn't mean that they're being aggressive. That's just like how you how you kind of play with people. Um, although sometimes it is so aggressive. But uh but yeah, I think uh especially when you start if you're willing to uh and I think this is this is why uh I, I really like uh doing comedy here. Like if you're willing to make fun of yourself, um people are very willing to uh to just you know get to know more of you. And a lot of people from other places here, uh, have come to Mexico and told me like they love the people. Uh, several people that I know like came and uh, they were coming here for like a month or six months or like a year, and they met someone and got married, and you know now they're here, uh, uh, permanently. So yeah, I think that that's kind of it. Um, and and there's some, I mean, Mexico City is a huge city, and it's you know, again, there's a the touristy spots, but like you could walk around Mexico City for like a month and still be discovering new, new, new stuff because it is this mixture of you know Spanish culture, uh, and Mesoamerican culture and how things mix. It and it's really interesting to uh to see how what that ended up with. You know, this looks like this because uh they tried to do uh this thing from Europe, but it, they didn't have the ingredients, so they. So they, and 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 we've had people from all over since forever. So we have like a big uh, there's a big Chinese community in the North, of the North Country. and for example, there's this uh, dish in Hidalgo called pastes, which is literally uh, uh, when Irish uh, workers came to the mine to work in the mines in Hidalgo, they wanted to make you know Irish pastries and they did them with whatever they had available. So that's how pastes became a thing. And I think that's a cool that's a cool thing about Mexico. It's like it brings things together. And even some, you know, even if, you know, you can't we can't pretend that, you know, it's not it's not like we said to the Spaniards, yeah, sure, come on in. You're welcome. No. They, they kind of, there was a conquista, but um, but in the end, I, I think they managed to like mix the two things and have something that um that respects both cultures and highlights both of them at the same time. Maybe I'm being too uh like idealistic right now, but yeah, that's why I like.
0: Did, did you when when you went to um, Connecticut? Did you get anyone saying anything to you about Mexico that annoyed you? Like like what I said, anything like I said.
1: <laughs> oh my god! uh oh my god! I no no my god. And now you know, not all expats come into Mexico because like I can tell you a story in Connecticut. But the first one, like not long ago, here in Mexico, I was a restaurant here in Mexico, like and it was like a. It's a restaurant owned by this uh, woman who is married to uh, a British guy sort of British style pub uh, and it's called the Dog House and I was there and I was near the bar and this guy uh, like looks at me from afar and he just like waves his glass at me and I'm like, whatever. And so he like approaches me and he and he uh shows me the glass and I'm like, I'm like, I don't work here. But you're here at the bar, so you can get another beer. So he asked for another beer. And while he while the guy was pouring the beer, he went to the went to the bathroom. And he when he walks back, he tells me. And he's like, I'm sorry about the confusion. I just thought you were the waiter because you're Mexican. And I'm like, You're in Mexico. <laughs> Everyone is Mexican. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> so there was that one. And then there was, and this was what this one was in Connecticut. I was, I was, uh, I was at a wedding. And it was like a, like a Venezuelan woman marrying an American man, and there was this woman who was kind of, you know, you, she was just like sitting by herself, and I ended up sitting next to her because I was like, in her table there were other people, and I was talking to one of them, and they just left, so I was talking to her, and and she asked me like, where are you from? And I'm no, she asked me like, are you also from Venezuela? And I'm like, no, I'm from Mexico, and she said like, well, yeah, but south of the border, everything's the same, right? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Like a whole continent, just what? like miles and miles and miles. Uh, and that's how you know that I, that I speak uh, American English, because it's miles instead of kilometers. A lot, you know, like just a vast amount of land with so many people. And you're like, yeah, just the same. And I was like, wow. <laughs> that's, what, that's that's one of the widest things anyone ever said. Yes.
0: And what is what is Cancun like during spring break? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Joke, I, uh,
1: I should probably like, I am tempted to go just because I've, I've been told the guys are cute. But on the other hand, you know, like um, I, have, I have dealt with enough casual racism with, without dating those guys. So. <laughs> uh.
0: Now, for anyone that's um, looking to do comedy now, what would be your advice to them? And for anyone that wants to find out about you? Where's the best place to find out about you? Is it on I don't know Google, Facebook? Um, I don't know.
1: Google's not a good place because there's another Martin Leon and he's French and he's more famous than me, so he goes he, he appears higher in the search and I hate him. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. But anyway, uh, well, my advice for people doing com- trying to like trying to get in comedy is like we are getting like you can tell you know there's there's way too many people trying to get the stand-up comedy and i think the main thing the main problem is that people are trying to emulate someone that they like and you know uh you know you can be a great version of the comedian you like but you're never going to be the comedian you like so the sooner you stop trying to be someone else and start doing your own stuff and trying to find your own thing uh, because it's about find you know you're never really gonna find the one thing you're gonna you're always gonna be looking for things that interest you and you're gonna be finding things that you want to do. Um, you know when 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 people ask me like uh, is there space for more comedians in in Mexico? I'm like well that depends. What you want to do as a comedian? Because like there's so many things to do. You can be a writer. You could be a podcaster. You could be uh, you could be an actor. You could do just try to do like like stand up comedy shows uh, as much as as much as possible. Um, but you do it it is it is a vast field, but you have to make your own path. And if you try to follow someone else's path, sooner or later you're gonna start doing things that you know you you're not cut out to do. So that try to do your own thing as soon as possible. And if you want to find me, uh my socials are well, they're not a mess because they're all under the same ad, but the but at Martin Leon was already taken. So I took all the letters, I jumbled them, and I cut, got it at Mint R L, like M-I-N-T-O-N-A-R-E-L, uh, which is my name with all the letters jumbled, but I'm like that on everything, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I think if you look for Martin León on Instagram, I'm usually one of the first people to show up. Uh, but, you know, some people have told me, no, Martin, you're you're old, you're, you're you're, there's, Twenty other people named Leon that, <laughs> that are more important than you. I do have one more question before uh, we yeah, finish, sure. which is like, what advice you have for me now that I'm going to the to London and going to try
0: to be oh, over there? Okay, so I, I think just have fun, gig a lot, uh, uh, make sh- gig in the right rooms. Um, there, there are some, there are a lot of bringers, so avoid them um go and watch a few shows uh go to yes. top secret uh soho which is really creative uh angel uh comedy store watch them some of the best comics in the UK chat with them network um yeah and just just go and watch some good shows and and sorry go and perform some nice nights i mean my Thank night you. would be decent <coughs> um yeah just 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 watch some good shows chat to a few people and that's it awesome one more thing as well on that (laughs) if someone's listening on a podcast now and they are beyonce or harry stars and like no martin let's 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 meet up what what do they do (laughs) if
1: someone's like beyonce and they're like uh let's meet up uh yes let's do it uh well, my phone number is now uh <laughs> honestly uh Beyonce I think I'm more excited to meet Beyonce than Harry Styles to be honest oh my god anyway um I I, I mean I would I, I honestly I wouldn't like You just blends out of me I, I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> what I would say I would say uh, uh you know I would say I would say to Beyonce like I, I will do anything for you you could slap me and I'll say thank you And i'd say to harry styles uh i like
0: your style (laughs) what about the rock
1: (laughs) the rock is way more my my type of man yes you know i (laughs) i like my man like i like my coffee so strong my friends actually is that good for you uh no yeah the rock like right right now my main like there's this show on netflix called physical 100 which is this Korean show. And it's just like a hundred fit people, like men and women, just fighting each other for an absurd amount of money. And I love reality competition shows as it is, but like here's bodybuilders and strongmen and gymnasts and whatever. And I'm like, yes, I'm just here for the plot. And like, there's no plot, Martin. I know, I know. They're just fighting each other shirtless and I'm fine with it. That's all I needed from a Netflix show. Um, that, that, that would be it that that
0: that would be all right guys you know what to do i hope you guys enjoyed the episode you know where to know if you want to find out about martin uh if you want to find out more about a podcast uh we're on all channels subscribe give us a five star view subscribe to
1: the comedians paradise which is a great podcast i listen to it before i got on it
0: you have to yes and it and pay pay us both money as well please